Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. Today's guest is a former military policeman. He has served 30 years on the Border Patrol along with his dad, his brother, and his wife. Mm -hmm. Pretty incredible. He's also an ordained pastor and a chaplain for the Border Patrol, and he's now running for the U.S. Congressional District 23 as an independent. Welcome to the show, Frank Lopez Jr. Yay! Thanks. Uh, We are so glad that you're with us on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you for having me here. I appreciate it. Well, we're looking forward to it, and I, I, this is going to help out the entire Flyover family because you know you're you're in a what I consider the tip of the spear location. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, everybody running for office and and doing things are great spots, but we're we're in the middle of an invasion in many ways, and it's not just the invasion. What people hear daily about people coming over the border, we're actually China is taken over. I sound like Trump when I said that. You did. He, China. He, he, Trump changed the word China for <laughs> China. I just I can't say the word China and not think of, of President Trump, but but. Is, is actually buying up chunks of our own country near military bases all over the country. So we want to get mm-hmm. to that. So hang tight if you're if you're if you're listening. We've got some news you might not have probably even heard anywhere else. And I'm excited to to roll this out today. But let's kind of set the background a little bit about about, about you and, and just this crazy winding road journey that your life has been. It it, it sounds like it kind of should have been a movie. Well, you know it uh and we, we all have our story, but uh, I'll tell you mine real quick. Born and raised in South Texas, uh, when I was 12, uh, my dad moved us to El Paso because he became a Border Patrol agent. I was involved with the uh, Junior Army ROTC, so it was natural that I would go into the military police, uh, into the military, uh, U.S. Army, uh, Fort Benning, uh, Honduras, Central America, uh, Mines, West Germany. I, I, I got out and started attending college, and, and college is where I started. Uh, seeing the influence of, of uh, you know, leftist groups like LULAC, La Raza Unida, uh, the, the Atslan movement that says that the southwestern United States is part of Mexico and they're going to take it back. And I saw all that as, as divisive, but also hateful because of the uh, racism that they were spewing. And so that, that was part of what was going on. But then uh, the Border Patrol came knocking. So I, I, stopped, I stopped attending college for about 20 years, 25 years. And uh, you know, did 30 years in the Border Patrol. Along the way, I became an ordained minister. I met my wife. We're married 31 years, actually, uh, the 10th of this month. Yay! 30, wow. Congratulations. Uh, that's that's a, an accomplishment right there. Way to go. It is. Praise God. And uh, twin sons along the way. But wow. uh, that ordained minister part was a small institute. Uh, it was at our local church. He brought him, brought up some instructors from South Texas, actually from Matamoros, Mexico, okay. which is right across from Brownsville. And uh, three years, three months out of the summer, uh, Monday through Friday from 5 to 9 p.m., and I became an ordained minister. It, it was at the Jesus Loves You Institute. So whenever people say, hey, where did you get your ministerial creds? I say at the Jelly Institute, Jesus Loves You <laughs> Institute. So it kind of pokes a little bit of holes in some of that, you know, haughty kind of uh, church world stuff. But anyways, um, <laughs> God used that. Yeah, uh, you know, to to start up a chaplaincy program, my, my my sector chief, Border Patrol has about twenty sectors. Sector chief said, "Hey, look, we are not prepared for the, you know, the issues that affect law enforcement." And that was said because uh, nineteen ninety eight uh, was a most horrific year up to that point 
for Border Patrol line of duty deaths. They had five line of duty deaths that were not prepared to deal with the fallout from that. So I was tasked with putting together a chaplaincy program for the Del Rio sector, which eventually, praise God, spread throughout the nation. And so now many uh, uh, agents, employees, and their families benefit from this wow. chaplaincy program. And it's that you know, it's that precept. Do not despise small beginnings because mm-hmm. God will do mighty things with even a pebble, right? A, a small stone. And so th- that was part of, you know, of what I did in the Border Patrol along with the task of, you know, of, of supervising, supervising men, dealing with the fallout from the, you know, the, the, the difficulties of being in law enforcement, separated from family, you know, working nights, weekends, holidays, etc., uh, being deployed throughout the country. Mm-hmm. And so that has a fallout on the men and women in green. And so we, we dealt with that, uh, you know, from many different perspectives, but but a lot of the, the chaplaincy crisis intervention. And then I, I retired after 30 years, uh, but that was because I, I distinctly felt the urging, the prompting of God to get out up. Uh, I got out at 52, mandatory age is 57. Uh, I left five years on the table, left a lot of money on the table. But you know what? God wanted me to do something. What I consistently heard was go talk to the people of the border regions who are involved with the Democrat Party. Get them out of the evils of socialism. Go talk to the Tejanos, to the Texans that live in the border regions. Mm-hmm. Now, look, I was like, as I said, I was born in McAllen, raised in Alamo, South Texas, but, uh, you know, the small town Americana, you know, literally Fourth of July uh, uh, picnics, parades, fireworks. Uh, I was a Cub Scout, uh, loved the New York Yankees and the, and the Yankees and the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I, I was American <laughs> for all intents and purposes. But somewhere along the line, somebody said, you're different. Well, how am I different? Well, you're Mexican-American. Well, I'm an American. I'm a Texan here. And so that's where the politically correct, you know, division started coming in. And so, uh, you know, God distinctly said, go talk to the Tejanos. Go talk to people. Get them out of the Democrat Party because, you know, socialism is a godless ideology. It's an evil ideology. And so Mm -hmm. that's what I started doing. And so the the the. The most direct path for me that I saw at that point was to get involved in politics. And so I went to a a training in Uvalde, of all places. And Uvalde, of course, is notoriety now for the massacre that took place. But I went there and I met uh, with the members of the Republican Party, actually our state uh, a chairman at the time, uh, Dickey, was there. and uh, But I met a man named Raul Reyes, who had just retired from the Air Force as a lieutenant colonel in cybersecurity. And uh, we, we hit it off. And then he he decided he was going to run for college, uh, for Congress in the 23rd District, the district that I'm running in now. And I said, hey, look, I've been involved in the border. I'll give you, you know, uh, insight into that arena. And uh, we, we, as as we went down that campaign trail, uh, he said, hey, Frank, look, I need you as my campaign manager. So we did that. And um, election night, it was a runoff in July of 2020. We're sitting there watching the results. And Raul was up ahead by about 1,300 votes, y'all. 1,300 votes, San Antonio, uh, Bear County had reported uh, 100% of San Antonio precincts of, of reporting in. And we were ahead about 1,314 votes. The next update, because, you know, election night, they're updating, yep. updating, updating. This was the primary runoff. Uh, 100% ahead. Then the very next one, 95% reporting. And Raul's lead went from about 1,300 to the morning. We were down by seven votes. We lost by about 30, 40 votes. Uh. And, and it was, look, folks, I think it was a precursor to what happened in November 2020. Yep. This was July 2020. 
But they needed to have in place the, the globalist infiltrator in the Republican Party right now, Tony Gonzalez, who is the incumbent congressman. His office is located at an NGO, the non-government organizations, y'all, that are involved with the smuggling, the trafficking of women and children into this country. His office is inside an, an Endeavors facility. Endeavors is a non-government organization, one of three that received the $2 billion in no-bid contracts from uh, from this administration, Health and Human Services. And that was after a member of the Biden-Harris transition team became mm -hmm. a board member on Endeavors. And so his office inside Endeavors, a, a, a veterans wellness clinic, is across the street from corporate headquarters. Wow. Uh, uh, my opponent is also involved with the uh, IPAC, the Interparliamentary Alliance of China, which is funded by the Open Societies Foundation of George Soros. He's also been involved with LULAC, the League of American Latin America, the League of United Latin American Citizens mm -hmm. in San Antonio. Uh, so look, we've got a, we've got that. It's not even a sleeper. We have an infiltrator mm -hmm. in the Republican Party. He's opened up the aperture here in Texas. Uh, he 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 went on behalf of Alejandro Mayorkas, DHS, to the Department of Defense. And, and maneuvered so that illegal aliens were being flown out of Laughlin Air Force Base, a United States military installation, being flown out into the heartland of America at the height of the COVID you know, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, being flown into places like Louisiana, uh, Alexandria, where COVID spiked in Mississippi and Pennsylvania and all over the country. And so he, he's been an advocate for immigration reform, quote unquote, which is just code for amnesty, et cetera. But he has uh, has has not said anything about, for instance, the, the purchase of Chinese by the Chinese, uh, you know, a former official right here in this county. And so, uh, look, that's why I'm in the race. I know I gave you a lot of information. That is there. so good. I, I would like to touch on that, too, Frank. How did these illegal immigrants get onto an Air Force ba or a military base? We couldn't get on a military base. You know, it would be very difficult. How did they get on a military base? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I've got the footage out there on my Facebook page where I show the big white buses that are that are they're the prisoner transport buses that are being uh, allowed to drive onto a military installation. Uh, and it's and it's our own government that's doing this, folks. I mean, I've got the footage out there where uh, uh, the drivers for these vehicles, well, it's a G4S transport company or GEO. There's a lot of different companies that are, you know, uh, benefiting off these massive contracts with with the federal government through uh, FEMA, Health and Human Services, ICE. So in this case, the, these white buses, they wait outside the front entrance to Laughlin, Laughlin Air Force Base, and then... They meet with ICE personnel. They swap the paperwork. You know, okay, here's the paperwork. It's kind of like a, you know, just a list. Uh, how many? Who do you have on the bus? How many people? This is here. Okay, the ICE agent goes to the front gate of the security police and says, "Yep, yeah, yep. Here's I'm, I'm ICE. Here's my credentials. Here's the list." And those buses roll in, and they just roll. Wow. In the past, they were rolling in past the gate straight to the tarmac to the flight line. But what I saw this last time was they at least kind of pulled it over and they ran a dog around it, but then they go straight to the flight line. Well, and these got, are, these I, are people, they don't, they don't crazy. cross the border with, here's my ID. Here's my history. Here's my deal. Here's my resume. Here's my, they have no nope. idea. Who, and, and, you know, break off. I mean, if, if, if you're naive to think that a hundred percent of these people are coming over 
as as Mexicans trying to get in the United yeah. States, you're you're mistaken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's people from all over the world are coming oh. over this border mm-hmm. and are getting on these buses, entering into our military bases. Yes, and it's and it's a you know so they they they've ironed out the process. And and look, folks, if there's one thing that the United States government should not be efficient at is you know, uh, facilitating our own invasion. But they've, they're clicking on all cylinders. And this goes, actually, it extends beyond the border. Let me give you a real quick synopsis. Look, so, the, so there is a massive media campaign that is taking place throughout the world that, that's saying, come to America. Right now is the time to come. These are the organizations yep. that can help you. We don't see it, of course, here being landlocked in, in, in the United States. But This media campaign is throughout the world, and the Biden administration reached out at the onset to the United Nations and said, help us facilitate this human migration to this hemisphere, to the United States. And so the United Nations got involved at the behest of, you know, at the request of the Biden administration. George Soros has Mm -hmm. definitely got involved, and he's funding these groups, Uh, uh, you know, Pueblos Sin Fronteras, you know, uh, cities without boundaries is another. You know, you got all these uh, leftist activist groups that are involved, and then you put you plug in the cartels who uh, want to profit off this. And, and I'll say this as a side note: that even this movement is overwhelming the cartels' capacity wow. to deal with a, the number of people that are in the pipeline, <laughs> because there's people that are coming across that are not even interacting with the cartel folks. Uh, the, the pipeline's just not big enough. For the cartel to be able to control it, it that's it, a big it, thing for them because they're like a toll. They're like a toll booth. Yeah. When it comes to Where's entering into the United States, you know. Yeah. It, so, so there's people that are bypassing that. Yeah, wow. and they don't. They don't like that either. This that's a that's a billion dollar side hustle for them. That's like running Uber, or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's it, like it's like a, it just a, a side thing for them that 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 beefs up their coffers. Yeah, there, there's there's money everywhere, and and so you've got those components. You've got the government of Mexico. There's always been la mordida, you know, the bite, the the bribery aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you all going down in a Monterey kind of were familiar with uh, or saw that at some point. Anyways, the the bribery aspect of it, but what they're doing in, in Piedras uh, in uh, in Acuna, which is right across from Del Rio, Acuna, Coahuila, Mexico. Uh, government of Mexico uh, entities are pushing people south into the Piedras Negras area. They're pushing them down in, across the river from Eagle Pass, where our tax dollars are paying for massive facilities. And this is just in Eagle Pass. Right, we, have we, the, have, we have the map up here. Make yeah. sure that we're is – this, is this where you're talking about? Yes, sir. Right mm-hmm. across from Eagle Pass or Piedras Negras. So, so Mexican authorities are pushing people down into Piedras Negras, black stones, black rocks is what it means in English. And they're pushing and they're, and they're crossing at points. Yesterday, I was just down in Eagle Pass and I showed footage of, mm-hmm. of, uh, of Texas DPS, te- Texas National Guard, waiting for these people to cross the border. They are, are put into Texas Department of Criminal Justice buses and taken over to Border Patrol. They're handed over to Border Patrol agents and that's catch and release from Border Patrol. So then the Border Patrol releases them to non-government organizations. And in Eagle Pass, like Del Rio, uh, El Paso, all over, there are NGOs that are ready, they're up and running, they're getting money from either FEMA or Health and Human Services or 
uh, they are dealing, they're being subcontracted by the larger NGOs uh, mm -hmm. to line these people up, give them their itinerary, you know, help them get bus tickets, et cetera, uh, help line up transportation into the interior of, of the country. And so Mission Border Hope, for instance, in Eagle Pass, uh, I just got word yesterday because people saw me filming. They said, Frank, people are being charged $20 per person to be bused to San Antonio. So these uh, NGOs are getting money as subcontracted or contra contracted directly from the government. Then they're also charging these people to, to push them into the interior of the country. So there's just money everywhere, folks. And it, uh, it's, our, it's our tax dollars that are funding this. And so uh, it's a, it's a me, major concern. Uh, you know, you know Colton, Colton was on your Facebook just a second ago. If you go to Frank Lopez Jr., U.S. Border Patriot, there's those videos that Frank was talking about that there, he did there yesterday. There's a lot of content. If this is a, an area of focus, you need to go there and check it out. It's 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 Frank Lopez Jr., U.S. Border Agent on No, Facebook. U.S. Border Patriot. U.S. Border Patriot, sorry. Yep. Uh, these are these yeah. are these are getting old. Uh, we'll put the links for that yeah. down below. There's all, several things I mentioned where there's an interview with you and Colonel Allen West that I also want to yeah. put down mm -hmm. below because you guys covered some incredible uh, content on that. But but there's several yeah. ways people can find you as well as your website, uh, www.frankthenumber4cd23.com. Mm -hmm. yeah. That link will be down below uh, as well as you as you find this. But but th this isn't the only invasion near military base That's issue right. out there. Um, and, and this is why we need people like you in charge, because you're not willing to turn a blind eye. Even Tucker Carlson went after George Soros last night in his opening, which Fox News had banned anybody mentioning mm -hmm. the name Soros. Newt Gingrich, the former Speaker of the House, got his mic cut off for mentioning George Soros. So I, I think Tucker's just poking the bear, poking the bear, poking the bear. But yeah. but that who's, who's funding one out of every five Americans right now lives underneath of a district attorney. Yeah. That was put there by George Soros. Mm -hmm. It's a takeover yeah. of our country. What is he doing with that authority? And let's talk about talk about military bases right now. You mentioned you mentioned them busing people onto the military base. What about what about Chinese occupation uh, uh, right uh, by right military by military base. bases? This is very yeah. concerning because this isn't the only case of this in the United States. It's happening in several places. But you got you got the receipts and firsthand information. Yes, sir. So, so uh, a former Chinese official purchased, uh, you know, thousands of acres out here in western uh, Valverde County. It's it's you know, uh, it's a huge county, and so it's a western portion of it, uh, just uh, to the northwest of Del Rio. And the the, the concern was that there were, there were plans to put in, you know, a, a wind farm, and, and not only is a wind farm, you know, a tall, you know, uh, obstruction mm -hmm. uh, underneath the flight path for a military training installation. Laughlin Air Force Base uh, trains America wars fighter war fighters, and so you know there was a concern about that. But look, the larger concern, folks, is that this wind farms emit. You know, radar uh, interference that messes with radars, mm -hmm. with, with radar. Uh, so they emit a signature. And so conceivably, you know, as you war game this, that could be cover for aircraft to come in, for aircraft to fly under an electromagnetic, you know, radar interfering uh, cloud. And so as you look at the map, if you were to look at the larger picture, this district, this 823 miles, not only Laughlin, but to our west are, is, is a military city, USA, San Antonio, mm -hmm. with Randolph, with Brooks, with Lough, uh, Lackland, uh, 
you know, uh, Camp Bullis, all kinds of military bases in San Antonio. And, and if how, you go to the how, north, how far how far away from the military base is this exactly? It's about 150 miles from from San Antonio. Now from Laughlin, it's about you know 10 miles max. That's my that's yeah. my main concern. Why why would we allow that to happen? Yeah, there, uh, on the U.S. border. I can't, yes. there, there's not a positive reason. Yeah. I always want to assume incompetence over over malice, but yeah. why would we give up ground next to a military base to a, our, our greatest enemy? So, so that's so that's where you got to start thinking. You know, right we got, at the macro level, you know, we we are in an asymmetrical war. It, it's everything: economic, entertainment, cultural, educational, business. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly government. Uh, they're, they're, uh, the socialists, Marxists have infiltrated every aspect of American society uh, and throughout the world. And so, look, China is is there's no secret they want to be the preeminent war power, a uh, world power. No, no doubt about mm-hmm. it. Everything they're doing by, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, loaning money. And then when people can't pay, they're, they're seizing seaports or seizing farms or seizing, you know, communities uh, because, you know, the loans got to get paid. And um, unfortunately, America's credit, you know, uh, uh, with, with China is, is something that we should all be terrified of. But anyways, look, if they're buying up seaports uh, on the Pacific and Atlantic coast of, of Mexico and Central America, and now you have, mm-hmm. you know, uh, land purchases on the U.S.-Mexico yep. border. I've always said it. That area where this uh, land purchase took place is where I patrolled in the Comstock Station, Comstock, Texas. So I've always said you can literally march armies across that terrain. And and, and that's, you know, rocky, you know, canyon-filled uh, terrain, uh, let alone the, the deserts of El Paso, New Mexico, mm-hmm. and Arizona, where you could drive across that sure. terrain. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, as I was saying, there uh, in this particular area, you've got Laughlin Air Force Base, a military installation on the U.S.-Mexico border that trains the warfighters. you got a military city, USA, in San Antonio. Then you go north of Del Rio, you're going to have San Angelo, where is, uh, we have good fellow Air Force Base, which is a, a military intelligence. And, and also, you know, we have some uh, Air, Air, Air Force, you know, capacities is there. Our drone operations are based out of Goodfellow uh, Air Force Base, where, you know, these drones fly out of, out of uh, San Angelo, Texas, all the way down to the real, well, par- partly to down in Laredo. We have something uh, going on in Corpus Christi as well. But this Air Force Base, Goodfellow in San Angelo, controls drone operations for Department of Homeland Security out to, out to El Paso even. Uh, so everywhere in between El Paso mm-hmm. to Laredo, out of that. And if you look at that map, it's a straight shot down to Valverde County. So conceivably, you you uh, emit a uh, you you emit a, a cover uh, that allows military aircraft to fly in. You've got ground troop movement through these areas, vast, huge ranches where nobody's out there patrolling because Border Patrol is inside the office processing legal aliens. And the incumbent congressman here has said, "We're going to build at least four more mega processing centers." to process more people, to release more people. Uh, And look, folks, uh, this is asymmetrical. It's from every different angle, and it's being done with our money. And so, yeah, we we should be concerned about this Chinese purchase right next to a military uh, installation. Frank, about 15 seconds, got to wrap up, but I got to ask you, do you think the Chinese government would allow us 
to uh, build uh, wind farms within five miles of their military bases inside the border of, the, of China. There's just no way that they are more strict about what happens at their border and inside their country uh, for their own self-preservation. Uh, they're more strict about it, more they have. You know, they're just more aware yep. uh, mm-hmm. than, than our own elected That's officials. Right. We're, we're currently being led in this country yep. by people who hate America, and, yes. and we're losing in every measurable metric. We're 34th in education, and we have a woke military. We're outnumbered in the Navy by the Chinese, and they're taking yeah. over in every mm-hmm. single category possible. And this administration's allowing it to happen, and it's the George Soros-purchased DAs and elected officials that are making it possible. You yes. are the answer to that mm-hmm. in your area. No matter where you live, flyover family, anywhere in this country, this affects you. That may not be your border, but they come right through there, and they're going to Illinois. They're going to wherever you're at. you got to get behind this guy, Frank Lopez Jr. Go to frank4cd23.com. Will you come back between now and the election in November? Give us yeah, an update. Definitely. Anytime. Frank, thanks for Thank stopping you so by. Much for thanks stopping for what by. you're doing. Thanks for, thanks for being one of the good guys. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what are you going to do about your finances? If you went back to 1920 and you had a $20 bill and you had one ounce of gold, you could go into a men's clothing store and you could buy an entire suit, the jacket, shoes, pants, wow. belt, everything. Today, what would that $20 bill buy you? It wouldn't. You couldn't buy a handkerchief for the $20 bill, but that one ounce of gold would still buy you even today it would buy you an entire men's suit shoes belt pants jacket everything that's the difference but today that change is happening faster than ever and we know a guy by the name of dr dr kirk elliott that we've known for over 25 years he has two phds this is who we're actually using this is who our friends and family are using and he's a guy we trust completely and in today's era you need somebody you trust so go to flyovergold.com and learn how to protect yourself against an inflating dollar For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.